Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vivert, and with me again today is Tom Fonz. Hey, everybody. Uh, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion. Yeah. And this episode, we're going to be talking all about Spider-Man and his animated adventures on television. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that, we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the week. And we're back with our new releases for the week. The first one we're going to talk about is Son of Batman, the next film in the DC universe, uh, animated universe. So we talked about this before, kind of like where it seems like DC's got their stuff together for their, their animated universe and all of that. And but not so much so for their live action stuff, and then it's kind of like the exact opposite for Marvel for like their straight to DVD movies, yeah. and and then live action films. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of interesting, like how that's going on right now. But uh, I thought this was pretty good. It's it's based on Grant Morrison's Batman and Son graphic novel. Uh, as Jason O'Mara returning as the the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman from he did the voice in Justice League War previously as well uh Giancarlo Esposito does the voice of Raj al Ghul uh and then there's some other voices in here as well uh you may remember uh you know that the actor who played Greg on Dharma and Greg yeah yeah, yeah. uh I think it's uh, Thomas Gibson he does the voice of yeah. Death Deathstroke in the hiss uh, oh it's great who, who's currently also on the live action uh show Arrow that's going on right now but yeah oh. so go ahead Oh no! Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh yeah, so, yeah. So I thought I thought that was interesting kind of casting with that, but yeah, I I enjoyed it, this a lot. It shows the, the the main story is that like Batman has conceived a child with Talia Al Ghul, uh, and when like Raj Al Ghul's basically facility comes under attack by Deathstroke, she brings Damien to to Gotham for to for Bruce slash Batman to watch over and whatnot and I, I liked the I liked Damien a lot I thought he, he was pretty awesome in this uh he's he's a 10 year old but he's almost just as good as like Batman with like fighting and stuff like that <laughs> and he's got got a pretty snarky attitude in it and uh and and Nightwing's got a little bit of a, a presence in the film as well so it's funny to see the interaction of uh, previous Robin uh interacting with who will eventually become the, the new Robin within this film uh, I thought, no, go ahead. It's just it's just based off of the Grant Morrison. It's not written by Grant Morrison, right? right. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's inspired and like based off of that, but it's not 100% exactly the same thing yeah. as that. But yeah, uh, there is a bonus feature on here with a Grant Morrison uh, with some of the things that like uh, Strange Blood Ties, Damian Wayne featurette, and then there's designing the characters with the character designer Phil. And then there's also uh, the Fang and the Demon had the League of Assassins feature it. 
So the Damian Wayne feature and that League of Assassins feature are pretty cool. They go into like the history of both uh, Damian and the comics, like his in his entire kind of length of being in the comics. So kind of a spoiler alert if you don't know what happens to Damian in in the comics themselves. They kind of give that away within that that little feature out there. They're both about like ten to fifteen minutes, which which is just long enough, you know, to go into that without you know being too long, I guess. Yeah, and then there's a sneak peek on here too for the next one that's coming out in August, Batman Assault on Arkham, which is actually based in the same universe as the Arkham Asylum video games that they've put out. So that's that's great. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that they're doing that. I thought that was those cool. video games are amazing. Uh, well, I mean, the the last one was not so great okay. because it was they sort of outsourced that to yeah. DC Montreal or something. But uh, but yeah, the, uh, those video games are awesome. So that that should be. That should be exciting to see what what uh, what yeah. that turns out to be. And I think Arkham Knight is coming out like around that same time in August or maybe September, but just before. But I guess that that movie's going to take place two years before uh, the Arkham Asylum video game, the first one. So I don't know where it will fit in. I guess with Arkham Origin, Origins, because I know isn't that one like before the the other two games too, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, City? Arkham or yeah, Arkham Origins is supposed to be. Yeah, but before the other two games. So I guess. And, and what, yeah. yeah, you're wait. You're saying when will the when will this take place? It says they're saying in the in the preview that it takes place two years before the events of that Arkham Asylum first released video oh, game. Oh, okay. So I, don't, I guess maybe chronologically maybe. it would go it would go Arkham Origins. Yeah. Assault on Arkham. This, yeah. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. But, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, Kevin Conroy is coming back for that, for the voice of Batman in that one. Oh, so uh, good. And then the Suicide Squad is going to be in that one as well with like Harley Quinn and Deadshot and a few other characters as well. Almost like the same Suicide Squad that the team that they had together just recently on Arrow too. So it was, oh, really? Yeah, it was kind of fu- kind of funny that like some of the stuff is syncing up with these past two DC animated films that they're putting out, at least with what's going on with that TV show. That... Arrow, by the way, that that's a really good live-action TV show everybody should check out. I wasn't, like, a huge Green Arrow fan before I started watching that, but after watching that show, I like that character a lot more. So, Yeah, I got to watch that. That's on my to-do list. Yeah, first season is on Netflix right now, too. So. Oh, well, that'll be happening then. Yeah. Uh, f- first season's kind of slow, but then it picks up. The second season's been awesome. And then if you're a Doctor Who fan... John Barrowman, who plays Jack, Captain Jack Harkness in the Doctor Who universe, is in that first season as well. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, so I would say definitely check out Son of Batman. That comes out May 6th. And as always, animation on Blu-ray looks amazing. And this continues that streak of anime, at least with DC, DC their Blu-rays. So definitely check that out. And then there's also four bonus cartoons on there. There's... Uh, there's a few from the anim- Batman animated series, Batman Brave and the Bold, and I want to say one from one of the Justice League animated series as well. Nice. So, and those are all in eight. Well, some up converted to HD, and then some some in actual HD. And then the next one, this will go along with what we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode. But the Blu-ray for this just came out, which I was really excited mm-hmm. about this because. What was previously only available was the first season of this, the entire first season of that on DVD. And then they had the second season like split up until these volumes, but never like as a cohesive 
like second season DVD. And so Spectacular Spider-Man, the Blu-ray just came out this past week on April 22nd. Uh, it's got the entire series on there, which this was one of the better animated Spider-Man animated series. We'll get into oh, this a little sure. bit more. Yeah. yeah. When we get later in the show, but yeah, I really enjoy, enjoyed this. I like the style of it. And then there's three bonus features on here too. There's stylizing Spider-Man and Spider-Man reanimated. And both of these are about 15 to 20 minutes long. And they're, they're pretty extensive. Like they go into like the history of like uh, Spider-Man animated shows and like how they wanted this show to kind of stand the, the test of time and be like an animated series. People would be talking about years later which mm-hmm. they succeeded in since it only unfortunately got to run two seasons and people still call back to Spectacular Spider-Man and yep. reference it all the time. So, And actually, my, my son and I, were just we've been watching Young Justice on, on Netflix recently, and it's produced, one of the producers of that show is Greg Wiseman, who was one of the producers on this show as well. And there's a character that showed up randomly in the, the first season, and his, his name was Black Spider. And he was he was a villain, and he was voiced by Josh Keaton, who... If, he's, yeah. Yeah, he was the voice of Spider-Man on this. So it was kind of funny, because he's basically like a villain version of Spider-Man in the, the DC universe in that episode. Huh. And he's only like in that beginning of that episode, so I don't know if it was just kind of, you know, like a kind of like tongue-in-cheek, kind of like, hey. But yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, I, just, I thought that was funny. I was like, wait, that sounded like Josh Keaton, too. So. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty prolific. He's he's a pretty prolific uh, voice actor. He's done a few things. Yeah, I'll have he, to look it up what else he's done, but he's, he's voiced a bunch of characters. Uh, yeah, most recently characters. with DC, he just did uh, the voice of Hal Jordan Green Lantern yeah. on the animated yeah, yeah. series, too. Uh, another, unfortunately, short-lived animated series. But Oh, and I, I don't know if you've se- seen them before, but he's, you know, all those, like, Spider-Man uh, memes the the 1967 yes yes <laughs> yeah he did uh, two videos on his youtube channel where he was reading them off in the <laughs> peter parker spider-man voice yeah so i would definitely say to check those out i'll put those i think i'll put those under my recommendations in, in the the show notes so people can check those out but those are pretty funny they're definitely not for kids to to read because because of somewhat of like, right. what those memes are about but yeah Oh, yeah, and the last thing on here is the Spectacular Spider-Man music video, which is the theme song for the show set to basically animated scenes from the, the TV show. So, yeah, I, I wish there was maybe a little bit more animated, I mean, bonus features on here, but I'm glad that there was at least a, a few and that it wasn't just uh, like a bare-bones release. And it looks pretty amazing in HD, so I would definitely say to pick this up and... If you're going to be going to see The Amazing Spider-Man 2 this weekend anyways, it comes with a $10 movie ticket towards The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, And the set is still like $24.99 on, on Amazon and at Best Buy. So it's like paying... If you're going to go see Amazing Spider-Man 2 anyways, it's like paying 15 bucks for the entire series of this on Blu-ray. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So definitely a pretty good deal with that. And then the next one, the next few things we're going to talk about are art of books. Uh, the first one is the art of DreamWorks animation, and it covers basically the past 20 years of DreamWorks films. It's like 300 pages. And it starts all the way back with like their their hand-drawn animated films, like uh, what was the first one? I want to say it was 
Do you remember uh, Prince of Egypt? And then like it, it go even goes up to like the end of this year with uh, How to Train a Dragon Two and Home that comes out in November. So, huh. and it's really great. There's like all this different like concept art and character art and kind of like like how the process of going through and like kind of building some of these characters and the mood for some of the different films and how they set up the I don't know like the backgrounds and the stages and all that and what's kind of cool is since they had like a a brief kind of uh, relationship with Aardman it's got like a different it's got so it's got the hand drawn animated films in here it's got the CG animated films and then it's got Chicken Run and Walsh and Gromit (laughs) Curse of the Were Rabbit so you have a pretty good collection of like all these different types of animation in here and it's it's really cool to see like how the different processes go into making a lot of these films. So I thought that was was really great too, just because a lot of with a lot of the art of books, since it's only based on one film, you're only getting to see like one style of animation with that. So with this, it's pretty great that you can see what exactly goes into the different you know arts of and styles of animation. And, and I thought it, this is definitely a great book for anyone to have, just because of the, the variety of films that it covers and whatnot with that. So I would definitely say to pick that up. It's from, I think it's about 50 bucks, uh, but it's well worth it because it's a, a big book and it, I just thought all the artwork in there was great as well. So Yeah, I, I only saw a little bit of it, but if you're in animation, it just looks, yeah, it looks gorgeous yeah. and uh, it's good for like an office or yeah. coffee table yes. book. Definitely a good reading. coffee table book. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of coffee table books, the next one is Creating Archetypes, 20 Years of Sideshow Collectibles Art. Uh, I thought this one was pretty cool, too. The only thing I think that I would say that I have like a little bit of criticism with this is that some of the pages are, yeah. like, just black. Yeah. And so, there's, no, there's like, barely any text at all. It's, it's all I mean, the animation, yeah. it's, uh, the, the, it looks beautiful. The artwork is gorgeous. But they, there's not really any... Yeah, it doesn't read. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't really explain like who sculpted that or like I guess if you like there's some quotes along with some of the images for like the films that they're from. But, right. but yeah, like like I said like some of the pages are like a splash page that goes across both pages but then like other pages are like are just on one side and then like the other page is black so it seems like they could have put another image on that side instead of almost I guess wasting one page yeah <laughs> but yeah and then like some of the images are like so dark that like there's barely anything on that page but yeah i don't know i mean these i thought these like all the images in here are like the really detailed images of the of the the sideshow collectible like busts and figurines that you can buy so it's definitely a good way to to show off their products that they put out over the past 20 years and there are some animated characters in here too there's like a, a maleficent bust in here uh there's a jessica rabbit centerfold in the middle of <laughs> of this which again with that like even like part of like that like it doesn't even like the well the one half that you you fold out like there's part of image on there but then like the other side it's basically just two black pages that you've unfolded but I don't know. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. There's one white page that's got Emma Frost from the X Men in it, so that those two pages stand out amongst all the other very dark 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking. I'm looking at the Jessica Rabbit one again right now, and so it's got her face on the top, and then her midsection on that part, and then the other side is basically two black pages. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's some. But yeah, I, th- I think this is pretty cool. I mean. This is definitely just more or less a coffee table book, like you're saying. Like someone just to flip through, right? Look at, see some of the, the images from like film, the different films and like comic book characters they worked on. What's kind of funny that stands out is the the kiss figurines in here too. So like <laughs> the only like band they've done because you know Gene Simmons has to have a product for every single thing. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And the dusk cover is kind of interesting. It's just like this little wrap around the bottom of the book with the the title of the book on it. So it's not really protecting anything other than that little that little spot. But yeah, <laughs> if I mean if you're a big collector of like the the busts like that and the figurines and stuff like, or you just like the the art that goes into crafting those, it's definitely something to check out. Maybe maybe something more that you would check out at the library get like his library book or like like you're saying maybe like at a, a cool doctor's office or yeah right <laughs> or a friend you have that's got like a bunch of money that can just buy huge books like this and just have them sitting around <laughs> but yeah so I, i'd just say definitely check out the dreamworks animation one and if you are a big fan of like the figurines and what whatnot check out the capturing archetypes with sad show collectibles as well because i mean I think what would have been cool if, like, they had a like a collector's version of the book that maybe came with like, like one of their busts, something like that. Right. I only have one because it was uh, the Hellboy bust they did that came with like the director's cut DVD, way back like early 2000s. So that's my only sideshow collectibles that I have. But I mean, they're really well done. They're really well, you know, modeled around the, the characters that they're doing. So. If anything, I would say go check out like their actual figurines and, and maybe pick those up. So, yeah, yeah. And then the last one is the art of the Wind Rises that came out around April fifteenth, fourteenth as well. Uh, and this is pretty awesome too. It's got a bunch of concept art from the film. Uh, there's storyboards. It's got the entire English dub script in the back of the of the book as well. So that's pretty cool. Oh wow. Uh, and it. What I didn't realize when I was watching the movie is like the different, like I knew that uh, the main character was was aging during the film, but this actually like has the separate sections of the book uh, separated into what age he was during that point in the film. Oh yeah. So that I guess that made a little bit some of the stuff a little bit more clear to me now by reading the the art of the book because I didn't right. like I just assumed like once he was an adult he was that same age for that entire right. portion of the movie. But yeah, like once you see him from adult, he goes from twenty three to like forty by the, by the end of the film, apparently. Which he aged pretty well in, in animation years, but right. Because <laughs> I mean, to to me, he looks like he was the same age. Right. Maybe it was very subtle kind of aging. I guess that would be kind of hard to do. With, Good genes, man. Yeah. Good genes. But yeah, if I mean, this film was already beautiful in itself. So to check out the different. Uh, landscapes and backgrounds and want to end this book too it's definitely worth checking this out too so if you're a big fan of studio ghibli films and Hayao Miyazaki in general uh with that being his last film i would definitely say to check out this that book but yeah have you got a chance to see wind rises yet 
I I haven't yet. No, I, I I've uh, been meaning to, but I, I have not seen it yet. I think it's coming out in a couple months or so. So definitely worth checking out. But yeah. Uh, that is all of our new releases and reviews we're going to be doing this week. So we will be back in a few seconds with our new trailer in a few seconds. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Iceman and Firestar. Great, and we were back with our new trailer for the week. The It's, it's not really a trailer, I guess, but uh, DreamWorks released the quote-unquote first five minutes of How to Train Your Dragon, uh, which I've been told by uh, Jesse for that we had on the show before. Was, it's, it's kind of like an edited bit of the, the first five minutes of, of the film. So, But, yeah, it kind of covers a pretty good you know, chunk what you'd assume would be the beginning of the movie. Uh, it starts off the same way as the first movie does, you know, where Hiccup's introducing you to the, the village and, like, how they live their lives and what whatnot. What did you think about the, the first five minutes? It looked awesome. Yeah, the animation looks looks amazing, breathtaking. Um, yeah, it was, and it, it, was, it was funny, and uh, I, I think we talked about this. The, yeah. It was, it was the, the, the sport that they're playing is very... Uh, is very Quidditchy. It, it involves, you know, uh, flying and and putting. Well, in this case, a sheep. Yeah, sheep in a in a uh, a hole, I guess, or you know, some sort yeah, of goal, like basically. Stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but and they're and they're wearing sort of like uh, I don't know Avatar esque face paint. But yeah. uh, but, but besides that, it's really really cool and you know funny. Uh, what would you think? Yeah, I was going to say, instead of, like, bludgeons and, and the snitch, you have uh, the white sheep, and then like the black sheep is more or less the, the snitch, because if you score with that, then you win the game. Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was cool, like, a nice uh, little bit of reintroducing all of our main characters uh, and, like, kind of where they're at and whatnot. So I thought that was pretty cool, and then shows that Hiccup and Toothless are still off doing their own thing. And that Stoic is still kind of not entirely sure about Hiccup all the time. So, right. So I thought that was cool. And just the shows, like, how mu- how many more, like, kind of a little bit of inventions that Hiccup's come up with in the past five years. And, like, how creative he is with them. Like, it looks like they're going out and kind of surveying their lands and whatnot around and making maps and whatnot. Basically being Galileo. Yeah, no, not Galileo, Magellan. Uh, <laughs> Galileo would be the stars. But, yeah. yeah, Magellan and you know, why not? And Chris Columbus and all those guys. But I lo- yeah, I love the sound work too in, in in these films. The sounds the dragons make are are just awesome. I can't even like can't really even liken it to what, and like I, I'm I'm curious to what animal or what 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 original sounds they're taking and then yeah. altering. 
but yeah, it's just it's uh, it's very very imaginative and creative. Kind of like the same way that that uh, they made the the sound effects for like Jurassic Park. Yes, with Ben Burt and do you remember like what the, uh, the T Rex sound is actually made from? Oh. I I'm thinking about it now. I mean the 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 roar. I mean, is it like an elephant? Like I don't know. Do, do you remember? No, I think I know, but I know it's like a few different like animals mixed together. It's got to be a few. Yeah, it's got to be like an elephant and a lion. I'm sure. Like yeah, something. Um, yeah, I don't. I remember what what, what they what exact animals they used. But uh, but yeah, the, but the stuff in this the first five minutes though, it, it's very, very cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I'm definitely looking forward to the film more. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was it was an elephant for the. Was it elephant? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, m- amongst other things, but I'm sure. Yeah, sound design is definitely kind of a kind of an art all into itself that like probably doesn't get recognized enough as like that it should for sure i'm i'm sure that's like that's one of those awards that happens like there's the oscars but then there's like the pre-technical award oscars that like never really get televised it's probably yeah it's probably one of those but it's it makes the difference it makes something you know pretty decent to something that's awesome definitely it, it kind of stinks that some of like the the hardest jobs for films are like the ones that if people did right you shouldn't notice at all yeah yeah but yep so yeah so i mean i guess i guess it's kind of got kind of it's like own double-edged sword to it where like i'm really good at my job but nobody will ever <laughs> notice it if, yeah if i'm doing it really right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to How to Train a Dragon two that comes out about just a little over a month from now. So that we got we have one more animated film before that with the the Legends of Oz Dorothy's return, which which I know that you're looking forward to a lot. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes out a week after Amazing Spider-Man two on the ninth. So oh, yeah, awesome. you'll have to choose between that or uh, Neighbors. <sighs> God, don't make me choose. This is the Sophie's choice of of, of choices. See Zac Efron shirtless, or see Leia Michelle do the voice of Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> so these are your choices. But yeah, that that's our our quote unquote new trailer for the week. But we'll be back in a few seconds with our recommendations for the week. And we are back with her recommendations for the week. I'm going to be doing some self-promotion this time and suggest you guys go back and check out episode 22 of the podcast way, way back there when we interviewed Drake Bell, who is the current voice of Spider-Man slash Peter Parker on Marvel's most recent animated series, Ultimate Spider-Man. And that, that was a pretty cool episode. He was he was a pretty nice guy. It was, it was nice doing that. And it was we got some, back then, uh, news 
about stuff that nobody had known about yet, like the the Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel special. We got news about that, like I think like a year before that went on. So wow. that was pretty cool. And we heard about some episodes that hadn't aired yet. And he probably shouldn't have said some of this stuff, but <laughs> but he, he told us anyways. And I, I think that was a great episode. He, he was just doing it, like I think, like at a Starbucks or like at some coffee shop. But it, I had a good time doing that episode. And I would definitely say to go back and check that out. It was me and Matt Quest and and Drake Bell. So definitely go check that out if you guys have not heard that episode before. And I'll put a link to that here in the show notes too. That's awesome. Uh, what, what's your recommendation? My recommendation, since we were talking about the uh, Spectacular Spider-Man series, uh, is the another short-lived uh, series by Greg Weisman. Uh, and this one's from the early 90s, which is Gargoyles. Um, if you're a kid growing up in the 90s, I, I, you probably don't need to be introduced to it. But if you weren't, it's this like really, really cool animated series. I think it lasted for three seasons. Um, and it's, surprise, surprise, about gargoyles uh, in New York City. They were like, uh, I want to say they were like medieval Scottish. They were like yeah. warriors of some kind that were you know turned into gargoyles by some magic. And they were transported into modern day New York. And now they... They sort of took on the role of, uh, you know, being being the city's nighttime protectors, and Almost. it was it was very, yeah it was very Shakespearean, very um, it definitely wasn't talking down to the audience. It, it was a kids show, but it was it was really smart and character driven. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Unfortunately, I don't think it's on Netflix streaming. You'd have to get the discs uh, or yeah, is uh, it, actually yeah, right. Disney they have Disney shows the YouTube channel. Uh, they Ooh. have a, a playlist, I actually linked it here in the, the show notes, for at least season one and season two of the show. They're the full-length episodes. Disney put them on YouTube themselves. So That's great. Yeah, well, so then we'll you can check them watch out. Watch right? it that way. Yeah, check it out that way. It, it's really good. Um, like what you were just saying about this, too, where it's like it doesn't speak down to kids. It's like really well-written yeah. and character-driven and stuff like that. That can be said for every single one of those shows that... Greg Wiseman has been a producer on this, or Gar, yeah, Disney's yeah. Gargoyles, Spectacular Spider-Man, and then Young Justice. We're all, and the weird thing is too, we're all short-lived TV shows. It's for, so sad. Yeah. yeah, he has a heck of a track record, but then it's also kind of marred because it's only yeah two or three seasons. Yeah, they're then... they're all great, well-written shows. That, I mean, and they've gotten good uh, ratings as well too. But I think. What happens most of the time with these series is that uh, the higher ups, for a reason, if if it's not selling enough toys, or it's yeah. it's more or less garnered by how many toys are being sold. So, oh, man, yeah, I I guess that that was one of the reason, the bigger reasons why Young Justice was canceled, even though it was doing really well, was that uh, the toys weren't selling or something like that. Because I remember, uh, I think it was, I, don't, I think it was Paul Dini that was on. Uh, yeah, Kevin Smith's uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast, and he was talking okay. about it, and he was saying that the people that were at Cartoon Network at the time didn't like that that girls were watching the show too. <laughs> so, so that was one of the reasons I guess they got rid of it too. But which oh, which is really yeah. stupid. You, I, I, Why wouldn't you I, want? Yeah, you'd want the widest audience possible, and that's good. That I mean, they had a lot of strong, like Young Justice had that had a lot of strong female characters on that, and. As, well, as in the their spectacular def- Spider-Man. 
Yeah, in their defense, though, Mark, girls do have cooties, so there is that to think about. Yeah, and they're, like, talking about, like, how they they would have to, like, you know, market different toys to, like, girls and boys, but they don't really (laughs) need to do that either because an action action figure is the same thing as a doll. Right. They're just called different things. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could could sell a a Martian, a Miss Martian action figure, a girl's going to buy that. So would a little boy, too, so whatever. But, yeah, it it stinks that, like, well-written animated TV shows can't live longer just because of they're not selling enough toys or stuff like that. And I think that was the same thing with uh, the Green Lantern animated series was because the action figures from the Ryan Reynolds film were still on the shelves. The store's going to go on and get rid of those before putting new ones in for the animated series. So that's why Mm -hmm. they didn't even get a chance to sell the toys. For that, I mean, they had McDonald's toys at one point for the animated series, but yeah, it's a whole weird thing about marketing and getting money from from kids and whatnot. But yeah, mm-hmm. they they got rid of rid of that guy from Cartoon Network, so hopefully, maybe we'll get a Young Justice like animated film to kind of wrap up stuff that they didn't get to wrap up. That would have been a third season. But going going from there, we'll. Be back in a few seconds with our our main topic, guys. And we are back with our main topic for the day, talking about everyone's favorite friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, our web-slinger of all trades. So, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero of all time, and that would probably be because of the 1994 through 1998 Spider-Man animated series that was on when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. That was on around the same time as the X-Men animated series. And I, I, I want to say that they crossed over in a few episodes because I remember Spider-Man going to talk to the X-Men, and I thought that was cool that like there's actually a little bit of a crossover. He's talking to other characters, and that's how I first found out about Wolverine and yeah. whatnot. And I, the Punisher showed up, but we'll get to that. But so the first one, first ever animated Spider-Man series, was in 1967, and that ran until 1970. So what 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 is your history with the the animated Spider-Man TV shows, Tom. Uh, well, yeah, I, I've I've seen I think three of all eight or so animated Spider-Man uh, animated series, uh, and and the '60s is is a, one of them. I've seen a, not every single episode, but I've I've seen my fair share of them, and they are I they're they're lovably uh, ridiculous. Uh, they're definitely not you know the highest quality right. of. If you're looking for like a great Spider-Man story, it's you're 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 not looking in the right place. Um, but I'll say this: like, just like I I, I Batman was my, my favorite character, and uh, kind of like how that '60s live-action show has a special place in my heart. So does this animated series of Spider-Man. It's it's very cheesy, very goofy, uh, and this is where you get the. I think the Spider-Man theme, you know, yeah, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, everyone Sp- knows. Everyone knows that's where that came from. Uh, and that's where a million internet memes came from as well. Oh, yeah. uh, 
But uh, yeah, I talked about earlier. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's worth a watch if if you wanna if you wanna maybe chuckle at Spider Man or um, just kind of enjoy it with a very uh, nostalgic uh, smile on your face. It's it's worth a view. Yeah, I, I actually have this series on DVD too. I got a, I don't know, maybe like ten years ago or so. I don't even know if it's still available on DVD, but yeah, yeah it's called Spider-Man: The '67 Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the set's really cool too. It's got like a you know very pop poppy kind of 1960s Andy Warhol thing kind of going on with the the design on the the package and stuff. So I thought that was cool. But uh, since it is the '60s, it's got you know like you were saying the campy feel to it and whatnot. Which I feel like a lot of stuff from the '60s did, because maybe like they a lot of the stuff that went down in the '60s, uh, they're maybe trying to like bring a little brevity to to that on television if they could. So to, yeah, maybe. yeah, I think they just didn't really think comic books could translate right. to films. They're like, make it as goofy as possible, especially yeah, because this is only like you know like wait like this is a few years after Spider-Man was even created. So I mean, he wasn't like the huge. Right. huge character that he is today so. yeah and with the batman live action one I, I don't know if this is true or just urban legend but there's some story about the creator of that show got the idea for the show when he went to like a costume party in the 60s where everyone was dressed up batman themed <laughs> in different characters and that's where he's like oh it can be as you know, grandiose and silly as possible. I wonder if anybody uh, was doing the the Batman dance. You know, like the the two, <laughs> like the peace sign kind of over your eyes. Yeah, the bat tootsie. Yeah, yeah. bat tootsie. <laughs> and that's oh, how man. that was born in the show too. But, yeah, but yeah I, I, this is definitely, and, and obviously the the budget was a little bit lower for that. So you can see like a lot of like web slinging scenes are reused basically. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna have to go from here to here, and they'll use the same thing. Uh, he doesn't yeah. have a lot of the web pattern on his chest either, too, because I mean, I can only imagine how much of a pain in the butt it is to animate Spider-Man, especially with his costume, <laughs> with the the web on it, web design on his costume and stuff like that. You have to imagine like that's probably a super huge pain in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> especially without computers and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. So I, I definitely feel for animators of, of Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, this it's definitely the classic one that you need to go check out, at least a, f- a few of those episodes. There's probably a bunch of these on YouTube as well. Uh, the, the next one after that was a, a really short-lived one that was sometimes referred to as Spider-Man 5000 on, on DVDs, just so it doesn't get mixed in with the other, I guess, versions of the show that have been released. Um came out in 1981 and this is around the same time as like they they did the animated uh fantastic four animated series uh and i want to say there's also a a spider woman one as well but did did you ever see this one the which year is this one again 1981 no, I, 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 I mean, I've seen, I've read up it on the internet a bit. Spider-Man's really jacked in this one. He's like, he's, he, he's been doing some oh, yeah. bench presses. Uh, no, I never saw, I never saw any of this, uh, of this series. Yeah, it's almost kind of connected to the, the next one, the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Uh, the third season of Spider-Man and Amazing Friends 
kind of shows that it's connected back to this one. So, and, and like that one came out the same year. It was almost like the same month or so. So it's kind of weird that they had like these two going on at the same time. And I, this, I think this is like one of the only ones I've never seen. It was, it was on Netflix for a while and I meant to watch it. And then they took like every single Spider-Man animated series off there. So you can't even suggest for you guys to go watch some of these on Netflix anymore. They were on there, but yeah. not anymore. But <laughs> Spider-Man and his amazing friends, that was an interesting one too. Cause it had Spider-Man teamed up with Iceman from the X-Men and Firestar. So, and then sometimes it's also called spider friends, uh, so that one was which was interesting because it was almost like uh, P- Peter Parker, Bobby Drake, and Jellica Jones, uh, Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar. Uh, they go to Empire State University and they they're working together to defeat the Beetle and recovering <laughs> the the Power Booster uh, he stole from Tony Stark. Uh, so it's, it's kind of cool. Like this one opens up the I guess the universe a little bit more. It's it's almost like uh, Marvel's Super Friends. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool. They they live uh, with with Aunt May, and her her pet dog Miss Lion. <laughs> uh, and uh, together, a, cru- yeah. a crucial character to the Spidey verse. Yeah. She's she's a Lhasa Ospo. That even tells you what kind of dog she was. Yeah. Uh, some of the stories feature team ups with other characters from the Marvel universe, like Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Sunfire, and the mid nineteen seventies X Men. So oh. this one I've seen a few episodes from. This one's a little less campy than the 1960s right. one, but it's in that same kind of vein right? as that. And it, it was cool to see him team up with different superheroes in this one too. So, And I th- think that's like one of the first times Marvel would be doing that with some other animated characters. And uh, what was kind of cool about this for season two and three, Stan Lee actually narrated the episodes too, so. That yes. that's one of the cooler things about this one. Anytime uh, Stan Lee gets involved, it's yeah. good news. True believers. Hi, Stan Lee here. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, getting getting to later, he's he's in the, the Ultimate Spider Man as yeah. as kind of himself. But, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, yeah, and and then speaking of that, he's been in the nineteen ninety four through nineteen ninety eight series. I wanna say it was the series finale, like uh, where Peter's going through like these different uh, uh, dimensions, and he ends up in mm-hmm. our dimension. So he meets Stanley, and like Stanley goes like web slinging with him. <laughs> Why not? It, you can probably find it on 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 YouTube somewhere. But I thought that was kind of funny. And That's great. This one, this is uh, in the UK. They have the entire series of this on DVD. Here in the U.S., though, we still have, like, those random kind of split-up episodes uh, from different seasons, different arcs that they released, uh, like, mostly, like, when the Sam Raimi films were coming out, and they're, like, and they were in relation to, like, what characters were in those. Because, like, they did the Ultimate Villain Showdown, which had, like, the Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus. Yeah. And then they had the Venom Saga, which obviously went with Spider-Man 3. And then... Like some of those, those bonus features they had on there were actually some of the '60s episodes too. So, hmm. and and then like there was a Daredevil versus Spider-Man one that they released when the Daredevil live-action movie came out too. So, uh, I, I I really wish in the U.S. they would. So now that I got Spectacular Spider-Man and Blu-ray, I 
I don't care if it's not on Blu-ray. I want. That's why I was excited when this was on Netflix. I was able to watch them in order again and to watch, just basically watch them. And this is what really got me into Spider-Man in the first place. This is why, like, how I know like a bunch of characters from the Marvel Universe was from watching this because a lot of the it was very serialized too. Like where a bunch of the episodes would be based on story arcs from the comics. Like there's Clone Saga, you know, the the Venom storyline, which Ve- this was the first time Venom was in an animated uh, version of the Spider-Man animated series. So it was, it was cool to see him in there too. This is probably one of the reasons mm-hmm. he became more popular too, was from this series as well as, you know, like the, the Todd McFarlane comic book series. And so did you watch this, this version as well? Yeah. You're talking about the 94 to 98. Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's kind of funny is Hank Azaria did the voice of Eddie Brock Venom in oh, the 90s. Really? Yeah. That's great. Ed um, Asner yeah. did Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Wait, who did Jonah Jameson? Ed Asner. Oh, we, oh wow. Um, yeah, this was great. I, I, I mean, Fox was just crushing it in the early 90s with the X-Men animated series and with this Spider-Man series. It, it was just um, really well done. Really well done. And yeah, you're right. It was, it was very serialized. Um and yeah, it, it was it, it, it pulled a lot of plot lines from the comics. Um, not that I knew that at the time. I was sort of a casual reader um, during that era. But um, but yeah, it was great. And Carnage was uh, got involved at some point. Which um, Carnage is a pr- pretty dark character to get involved in a, a kids' TV show. But I, I remember them doing it doing it well. Um, but yeah, I, I love this series. I, I would say this would be. A very uh, close second uh, in my to Spectacular Spider-Man. I, it was very, very well done. Definitely. And the one thing I never realized until like recently was Christopher Daniel Barnes, who did the voice of Peter Parker in Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, you guys may recognize also as the voice of Prince Eric from The Little, Mer- Little Mermaid. Oh wow! It's the same exact guy. Uh, <laughs> and then what was kind of funny is that Jennifer Hale did the voice of Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, on this too. Uh, yeah. And when Disney was doing all of their straight to DVD, Blu-ray or yeah DVDs in the, the early 2000s, uh, she actually did the voice of Cinderella in Cinderella two and three, and he did the voice of uh, the prince in that. So it's kind of funny. It was it's like Peter Parker and, and Felicia Hardy were now di- well, they were Disney princess and princesses before they were actually owned by Disney. But yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was an interesting thing too. And then I remember like all the characters that they introduced on here too, like 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 all the bad guys and like uh, Morbius, the Living yeah. Vampire, uh, Punisher. Was the first time I saw him on there, Hobgoblin, Hydra Man. I remember Hydra Man was on this because they didn't have the rights to Sandman at that point, so <laughs> they did Hydra Man instead, which was voiced by Rob Paulson. Another great voice actor, uh, Martin Lando, did the voice of Scorpion on the show as well. Uh, I mean, Craven the Hunter was on there, All Star Smythe, and then a lot of the a lot of the heroes that teamed up with him later on were like he met with the X Men, Doctor yeah. Strange, Punisher, uh, yeah, Iron Man, and then like the Spider Man, uh, Spider Clones. That was pretty cool. You got to see like all these different versions of Spider Man, and like the the man spider and like the iron spider and 
It was, it was really cool. And then they teamed up with the Fantastic Four at one point and Wolverine. So, yeah, it was a great show. The, I, I'm just looking at this article about it right now. And the, uh, I guess, you know, it had five seasons, which is a great run, but I guess it was canceled not because of low ratings, but because of behind the scenes conflicts. So, uh, yeah. uh, it could have gone on a little longer, I guess. Yeah, I remember I had a bunch of the action figures from this too. I used to have like the like there's yes. like a super flexible Spider-Man that I had that I was <laughs> that I was always playing with, and I was I was crushed one day because I was playing with it. And I was throwing him up in the air, and I didn't catch him, and he landed on the ground, and like his chest plate cracked in half. So uh. His arms fell out, and his legs fell out. And I was like, no. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think I had a, I had a Spider-Man uh, 2099 uh, action figure too. So. Yeah, and, and oh yeah, this is yeah. So I mean, this was my introduction to Spider-Man. This is why I always love this animated series the most. I think out of all of these, just because it's what got me into Spider-Man. That's everything I know about Spider-Man learned from this show. So yeah, yeah. This was the Fox Kids lineup. There were there were many a soccer soccer practices that were missed because I was I wanted to stay home and watch X-Men and Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Marvel with those two uh, animated shows in the '90s were, yep. were amazing. Yeah, and the X-Men ones, those are a little bit more easily available on DVD because they kind of started doing volumes of those, which were actually in order of the way they were aired. So I don't know if those are still available on Amazon or somewhere else, but definitely try to find those too. Oh yeah. Uh, the next one is probably my least favorite Spider-Man animated series. Somewhat kind of a sequel series to the animated, the 94 through 98 one, hmm. where it, like it, because at the end of that, Spider Man was still searching for, for Mary Jane. Um, so, like, but this, something's happened where, like, he's gone through, like, a dimension with uh, John Jameson, and Venom is there too, and then there's, like, all this weird, like, half animal half human characters that are in this uh this is, i don't know this i really hated this one this was a 2003 one or was this no this something? was 99 through 2001 oh yeah, uh, I even... and it was produced by saban who you know like the people that produced like power rangers and stuff like that yeah uh and yeah i could never really get into this one at all uh, i just really did not like it and it only lasted 13 episodes uh, it wasn't, and it didn't really uh, get axed because of uh, bad ratings, but it was more or less overshadowed by Pokemon and Digimon. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, this would be one that I would say maybe skip if you could. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Hell has also did a voice on, on this as well. Uh, I don't think it was for... Uh, for Felicia Hardy again, though, but so it was a different character. And, yeah, so I would say maybe skip this one. This one was on, on Netflix anime as well for a while, but no, it's no longer on there. His suit was a little bit different, too, where he had, like, this kind of spider web Yeah, uh, he's cape. got the webbing in between the, yeah, the ca- yeah kind of capey, yeah. So, yeah, that was an interesting thing about that one. Uh, and then the next one, this one came out in 2003, uh, it was kind of within the continuity of the films because it came out just after the first uh, Spider-Man mo- live-action movie, Tobey Maguire, that and whatnot. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris does the voice of Spider-Man in this one. Which, yeah, 
I liked this one. It was CG animated. It, it was really kind of stylized too. It was, it looked uh, very close to if you guys ever watched Reboot. Mm-hmm. And and actually, the version of Electro on the show kind of looked like uh, one of the main characters from Reboot. Like if he was, I guess, basically naked because it's because Electro is just on, on the show. <laughs> it's just completely like the electric energy. Yeah. Did you ever watch this one? No, I, I'm reading about it right now. I guess Lisa Loeb was the voice of Mary Jane. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's so random. Yeah. Uh, That's, Keith yeah. Carradine did the voice of jo- uh, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh, wow. Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. I, that, that's a great choice. Yeah, because since he had already done it in the Daredevil film. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they really did try to yeah, Rob Zom- with that. Rob Zombie did the voice of Dr. Kurt Connors in The Lizard. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and then uh, Ed Asner came back again for another voice. He did a voice of an officer in this one. So, uh, John C. McGinley from uh, Scrubs did a voice in here. It was Richard Damien. And then, oh, really? Uh, Devin Sawa did the voice of Flash Thompson. Uh, gotcha. Tara Strong did the voice of uh, some random character named Christina. But then now she actually does the voice of Mary Jane on Ultimate Spider-Man, so it's kind of funny how she would go from that to that. And then, for you Lost fans, like myself, uh, Harold Perrineau did the voice of a character named Turbojet. Who's Harold Perrineau? Who, who, who's uh, that actor? He, he was Michael on Lost. Oh, the one that was great. Lost. Great, yeah, Whoa. he was great. Whoa. <laughs> and then James Marsters and Clancy Brown, they all did voices as well. So Michael Dorn, oh, wow. if you're a big Star Trek guy. Oh, Kathy Griffin did a voice, I remember that, because... <laughs> Obviously, when you hear Kathy Griffin's voice, you know right. that's Kathy Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was only 13 episodes, too. It was, it was on MTV when it was on, too, which was like a random kind of yeah. spot for I have this one on DVD, actually. Uh, MTV canceled it because of insufficient ratings, basically, to warrant a second season. Cause, probably because it's on MTV, and people probably didn't usually go to MTV to watch cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, which kind of sucks because the, the first season ends with a cliffhanger and, and basically with Spider-Man giving up being Spider-Man more or less kind of like how the middle of Spider-Man 2 yeah. is. So <laughs> the show kind of ends really kind of dark with like Spider-Man giving up mm-hmm. more or less and that's the end of the show. That's Yeah, that is unfortunate too because this was around the same time as Clone High, right? Yeah. And, uh, that that show was fantastic. That like the, the, I think if that was on a different network, it would have found a bigger audience, probably just like this show too. And kind uh, of and since Paramount and Viacom, you know, are both owned uh are both own like MTV and Nickelodeon, they could have like had these shows on maybe like Nick at Night or something like that. Yeah. You know, kind of a, like a preemphasis to like what would now be like Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. Where you have like cartoons that maybe aren't generally going to be ones for kids to watch, but still, it's, I, I don't know. I think people may have watched them more on on maybe Nick at Night than than obviously yeah. on MTV. But yeah, I liked Neil Patrick Harris as as Spider Man in that as well as there's like some nice references to like the X Men and stuff in that series as well. Which I'm sure if like they'd been able to do a second season, they would have had some maybe like more crossovers with other heroes and whatnot. But going from there, we're right back to Spectacular Spider-Man that ran from 2008 to 2009. Uh, 
so that show got two seasons, like we were saying before, Greg Wiseman was producer mm-hmm. on this. Uh, Josh Keaton was the voice of Spider-Man and obviously Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, Clancy Brown did a voice on this as well. Uh, and James, or Kevin McCorshin did a voice as well. And did you say you've, you've seen this one? Yes, it's I, I love it. Um, it, it, it it's like it, it's kind of hard to talk about and pinpoint like oh like they did this right and they did this right because they did like mostly all of it right. I mean they they really got Spider Man and his world and they do it beautifully. It's something that the the movies I think even to this day they still haven't been able to capture is how like quippy and funny Spider-Man is. Like, Tobey Maguire was a decent Peter Parker, but he wasn't really, like, Spider-Man, his Spider-Man wasn't really funny. And Andrew Garfield is great, but, like, he's not writing these films, so he's doing his job to be as charming as possible, but but the script still isn't, like, the Spider-Man that we know and love from the comics. And uh, the spectacular Spider-Man really nailed that among many other aspects of Spider-Man and his world. Um, and like we were talking about before, it's, it's a show that doesn't really talk down to its audience. It's something that, you know, uh, a, a, a nine-year-old kid can sit and watch or and his parent can sit down and watch and enjoy it legitimately. Um, it's, uh, it's really, really well done. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to pinpoint... It, you know what exactly is great about it because it's kind of all around great yeah this was on the, the cw too when it was on yeah uh which, which is kind of interesting since the cw is owned by warner and you know warner brothers owns dc stuff usually so mm-hmm. it's kind of, it was kind of interesting and now it's been on disney xd which i guess makes more sense nowadays but yeah i, I always liked like this one as well the characters on this like mary jane and gwen stacy and harry are kind of not depicted kind of as straight like equivalent to what like they are as like the old versions of themselves in the comics but as kind of like yeah. characters that can kind of grow and become what, yeah they're, what you they're know he- yeah they're fully formed human beings they're not like this is the cardboard cut out of a love interest it's like no this is a person that has motives and uh yeah things going on in their lives besides like just being Peter Parker's love interest. Yeah, and they even have like a th- great thing in here with like Eddie Brock is really good friends with, with Peter Parker and and Gwen Stacy because they all worked yeah together at uh, at Kirk Connors lab and then you know like eventually you know like it builds like off that story of of Eddie Brock eventually not like trusting Peter and whatnot. So when he finally does get come in contact with the symbiote, that's yeah. why he becomes Venom and you know. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed both these seasons. And again, like this this show, kind of kind of had a wrapped up series finale because I guess they sort of possibly knew what was happening because the last mm. episode is called Endgame. So, right. I, I enjoyed this one a lot, and it, it stinks that some of these shows can get longer runs because there are they are so well written. Uh, yeah. This one again too. Uh, a lot of the characters, uh, I mean, are actors doing voices. Uh, Phil Lamar, uh, Stan Lee did a voice again. J- <laughs> Jane Lynch does the voice of Joan Jameson in the show. Oh, 
That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Robert England, everybody knows as Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. the voice of Vulture in this. That's perfect casting. That's great. <laughs> uh, jo- John DiMaggio, who people know as Bender and Jake the Dog, to the voice of Sandman. Jim Cummings, obviously. And then Clancy Brown has a voice again. Dee Bradley Baker, who's actually the voice of many characters like the, all of the clones and the Clone Wars and Perry the Platypus. Uh, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb did the voice of Kirk Connors in here. So, yeah. And Greg Wiseman even did a voice on the show, too. So. Oh, really? Yeah, he did the voice mm-hmm. of a character named Donald Menken. So. Huh. Yeah, this is definitely one you guys need to check out. And now, especially that the Blu-ray is out. Yeah, I would say definitely pick this up, especially like I said earlier, if you're going to go see Amazing Spider-Man two anyways and spend ten to twelve dollars paying for a movie ticket for that, why not yeah. buy this Blu-ray? Spend ten dollars you're going to spend anyways, and yeah. then you only effectively paid twelve or fourteen dollars for two entire seasons of this show. Yeah, I I, I will be doing that. That sounds yeah, like I, a good plan. And what I, I actually noticed is they re-released the Tommy McGuire. Uh, films on a Blu-ray box set that comes with another ten dollar hmm. uh, ticket towards Amazing Spider-Man Two, and it's only that's like that's also only twenty four dollars on Amazon and Best Buy right now. So uh-huh. I think I'm gonna pick that up too and trade in the box set that I have because the first two movies don't have any bonus features on it. I just noticed. Oh yeah. And with that set, they do. So definitely going to, be, to check that out too. And then there, there's my two tickets for for the Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. Again, that's too bad. That Spectacular Spider-Man got canceled way before it should have been. But with that, we come to our current uh, iteration of Spider-Man with the Ultimate Spider-Man TV series that is currently on Disney XD. Uh, like I said earlier, Drake Bell does the voice of both Spider-Man and Peter Parker. This one's a little bit different than all of them in that. Uh, Spider-Man breaks the fourth wall a lot and explains like a lot mm. who the characters are and stuff like that. Have, have you watched this one? No, I haven't seen it. Um, but that's interesting. The the whole breaking the fourth wall. That's very like Deadpoolish. Yeah. it sounds like. Which is kind of funny because in, in the second season they had Deadpool on an episode who's voiced by Will Friedle. You guys, you know, it was Eric on Boy Meets World. Right. Uh, and that episode's called Ultimate Deadpool, and he takes over the episode because <laughs> he, he knows that he's on a TV show. <laughs> so it's kind of funny with, with Deadpool in that episode, and like he's breaking in on the the breaking of the fourth wall that Spider-Man is doing. So it's, right. it's kind of funny to see him like interrupt Spider-Man as he's he's like, "What are you doing? This is my thing." <laughs> so, so it's funny that they you know they 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 acknowledge that and whatnot. Uh, and with this version too, it's kind of, uh, Spider-Man is, the reason it's called Ultimate Spider-Man is not only because like he's a teenager and whatnot in this and still going to school, but in this, it's, it's also, he's trying to become, become the ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, it's this, this show also has, uh, Agent Coulson in it from the, the actual cinematic universe. So that's cool to have, and Phil, um, Clark Gregg does the voice of Agent Coulson in this too. So that's pretty cool too. Nah. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, sorry. I, 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 I was just looking at this up right now. The I, I the writing team is like amazing. The yeah, it's, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Paul. Paul Dini. Wow, 
Wow. And then the, the some of the producers of this are the same guys that did like the the Ben 10 series and the Generation or Generator Rex. And the the guys that are producing this are actually not producing the Hulk and the Agents of Smash and the Avengers Assemble cartoons too. So uh, those series have also had Spider-Man sh- like in the Agents of Smash Spider-Man showed up in one of those episodes. Uh, it was Drake Bell doing the voice again. And actually uh, the agents or the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes series that they had on before, which is another great animated show that got canceled. Uh, but Drake Bell did the voice of Spider-Man in, in that as well, which I had heard originally Josh Keaton had done, had recorded his voice and done like all that and had it done over with, but yeah. then they wanted it to sync up with the Ultimate Spider-Man show, which is running at the same time, which I guess makes kind of sense, but mm. with the way these those two shows looked so different, it, I think it would have been fine to have Josh Keaton as Spider-Man in that one. Because, right. I mean, now all of these these three animated series that they have going on look exactly... I mean, like, they're designed to look similar. It's kind of so, like, they have the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they have, like, this Marvel animated universe going on on TV right now. Right. And with, with this one, they have Spider-Man kind of joining shield and nick fury's has him going on these missions where he's like he's kind of leading his, his own team of uh iron fist uh white tiger and luke cage aka power man and they're they're like basically like a the the avengers like the kind of like their own version of like the next avengers or like the avengers junior kind of like that <laughs> But yeah, like Greg Kipes uh, does the voice of Iron Fist. He also does the voice of of Michelangelo on the new Ninja Turtles series that's on. And he did the voice of uh, Kevin Levin on the Ben 10 series too. Uh, Chi McBride does the voice of of Nick Fury. So yeah, I, this, one, this one is on Netflix right now too. And then what's kind of funny is that J.K. Simmons actually does the voice of J. Jonah Jameson in this animated series, <laughs> reprising his role from the Sam Raimi, Tommy McGuire stuff. That's great. Uh, they don't have seasons of this on DVD. They have like, because apparently the thing is to do like weird volumes of DVDs because they have like the Avenging Spider-Man DVD. Uh, I guess if you live in the region four, or not, which is like Australia, for where uh, DVDs and Blu-rays come out, they actually do have a season one Blu-ray available there so i don't know how they choose like how where they release full seasons of these and why they only release like dvds of some of them here because like i i had to go i had to get the season one of the avengers or somebody's heroes the entire season on blu-ray from canada because they don't sell it here in the, the u.s for some reason oh wow but yeah this one this one's pretty cool i i, I think it's funny it's it's definitely a different take on spider-man and I think Drake Bell does a pretty good vo- a job as the voice of Peter Parker in Spider-Man. And most recently, at the end of this this last season, uh, Spider-Man's joining the Avengers. So it should be interesting to see exactly how that works out with uh, his team that's on the show right now. And if that crosses over into the Avengers Assemble TV show. So I'm not sure exactly how that works, because I'm still with these trying to figure out exactly the timeline wise because since they are stylized so similar to each other where exactly all the stuff is going on yeah right because the hulk acts differently in each one of these (laughs) like the hulk is like super smart and 
in Agents of Smash, but then he's like somewhere in the middle in Avengers Assemble, and then he's way before that in Ultimate Spider-Man when you first meet him. He's like just kind of like a mindless monster. My biggest problem with with Hulk and all of these shows too is that they never reference like like every once in a while reference Bruce Banner, and he never turns back into Bruce Banner. Right. <laughs> like he's not always the Hulk. He can turn back. Yeah. And, but. So yeah, I would definitely say to to check this one out. It's it's this one's kind of uh, polarizing too because like some people don't like the way that like how it breaks the fourth wall and like how kind of Spider Man is shown in this one. But I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's it's pretty awesome. And so I would say definitely check check this out. And then this third season is going to be starting on July twentieth. So. Check that out when you can. The first two, se- I think the first full two seasons are available right now on on Netflix. And there was, there was a cool Halloween episode they did where like he teamed up with uh, Blade and the Howling Commandos, uh, <laughs> a, a version of the Howling Commandos that had like a, a werewolf, uh, uh, the Invisible Man, a Frankenstein monster, and uh, a mummy on it. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. But yeah, that is all of the animated Spider-Man series that have existed to date we have which is kind of funny that we've never gotten a animated spider-man film yeah especially because marvel's released a few animated straight to dvd and blu-ray films we haven't gotten a spider-man one which is kind of interesting considering like he is one of their more popular characters but i guess maybe eventually we'll get one yeah but, but yeah so check out amazing spider-man this friday in theaters are you going to be doing that uh, I I will be doing I'll, I'll, I'll be doing point. what you're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that that okay. Blu-ray action and then I'll uh, and then I'll go see it. Nice. Yeah, guys. So that is our Spider-Man episode for today. Don't forget you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M A R C V I B B E R T. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tom Fons T O M F O N S S. And uh, I also. It'll probably already air by the time that uh, you you listen to this, but uh, I'll do a little part on Growing Up Fisher on nice. NBC uh, on April 29th tomorrow, uh, uh, nine thirty eight thirty Central. Just a little scene, uh, but yeah, check it out. Yeah, I mean, if you guys did miss that on TV, I mean, I'm sure it'll be on iTunes. Yeah, and maybe ABC.com, right? ABC has their shows th- on there like the next day. Yeah, NBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or NBC. Yeah, yeah NBC. NBC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the episode's called First Times." First times a charm, I think. Cool. I'll have to check that out as well. I I've watched the pilot of that, and I haven't been able to check any more out. So it brings it all the way back to to J.K. Simmons again. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, just so you guys know, you can follow us the the show at Animated Podcast as well on Twitter. Uh, feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, visit our site at animationfascination.wordpress.com where you can find all the latest news at Stanford, Jessica, and John, and everybody else are putting it on their daily. And you can also like us on Facebook just by searching for Animation Fascination. So I'm Mark Vibbert. For myself, Tom Fons, and all of our writing staff at the website, thank you guys for listening, and make sure to tune in next time, guys. Thwip. <laughs> all right, bye.
is my camera on? Because I can see you. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't know if you meant to <laughs> oh, do the, the video or not. No, I didn't mean to do the video. This is this is one part of, of many of my ineptness. Let's see. <laughs> no, right, right. It was some farmer on Dockwood stuff. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> there was like, it's like, something's wrong with my sheep. Can you figure <laughs> it out? Yeah.